You're listening to the Bearded Theologians podcast hosted by Zach Bechtold and Matt Franks. If you'd like to find out more about the Bearded Theologians, you can go online at beardedtheologians.com where you'll find all of our past podcasts and other blog posts that we have up, along with some other items that you can purchase to help support the Beardcast. So we hope you enjoy listening to this week's show. You're listening to the Bearded Theologians podcast hosted by Matt Franks and Zach Bechtold. Uh, this week on the podcast, we'll be talking about, hopefully by uh, this time next week, the uh, Red Sox will be the World Series. <sighs> um, <laughs> although it seems Did like this... every time we proclaim a team, they end up losing. So maybe they <sighs> Can they both know. lose? No, they can't. Somebody has to win. I said the same thing when the Cubs were in the series. So we have to, they... has to be the winner. But at least, I mean, you can hate the Cubs. That's fine. But 103 years, they were due one. <laughs> The Red Sox and the Dodgers are just not good. You know, the last time that these two teams met in the World Series, Babe Ruth was the uh, Boston Red Sox pitcher for game three. <sighs> just, just a side baseball note. But uh, I digress. And, um, you know, whatever this is, we definitely do not have it. Um, uh, this we week on the podcast, mission statement. Uh, we are um, looking at – we're bringing Job to a close today. And uh, we've had fun with the Book of Job uh, the last four weeks. Um, what's really cool is, is if you really want to, go watch Daredevil Season 3. Uh, the first couple of episodes, he talks about Job a little bit. Um, I thought that I kind of got a little excited about that and would encourage you to watch that. It's, you know, it's a good, it's a good little watch. Um, but this week, we're, we're bringing Job to close. We're in the last chapter of Job, Job chapter 40, 42. So Zach, as you uh, think about that, what are like as you've read through that, and what are some things you kind of come to you as you as you go about your business? Yeah, so so back before there was bearded theologians, I had another blog, um, vodcasty type of thing where I did Bible studies and wrote blogs about stuff, and it was called uh, Crumbs of Rumor, and it was based on this uh, this section of Job. And uh, it was based on the, the message. Um, I loved how the message said this. And so I'm, I'm going to read one through uh, Job chapter 42, verses 1 through 6, just so we kind of have some contextual basis here. Um, remembering where Job started, um, at the very, very beginning of Job, all of the, oh, what do we say, whining and complaining and lamenting that he did for 30-some-odd chapters and then last week with the whirlwind of God coming and talking to him, we have Job's response here. And I absolutely, ah, dropped my phone. Absolutely love it. And so here, here Job uh, 42 verses one through six, Job answered God, I'm convinced you can do anything and everything, nothing and no one can upset your plans. You asked who is this muddying the water, ignoring, ign ignorantly confusing the issues, second guessing my purpose. I admit it. I was the one. I babbled on about things far beyond me, made small talk about wonders way over my head. You told me, listen, and let me do the talking. Let me ask the questions. You give the answers. I admit I once lived by rumors of you. Now I have it all firsthand from my own eyes and ears. I'm sorry. Forgive me. I'll never do that again, I promise. I'll never again live on crusts of heresy, crumbs of rumor. And I, and I love that because what a, what a human lament, what a human confession from Job to say, man, people thought I was this righteous dude. And, and yet I was just understanding, just living, just believing on what I'd heard about God. Um, 
And now that I have this knowledge firsthand, now that I have this experience firsthand, forgive me because I was wrong. Um, I, I've ridden the coattails of other people in my faith and now here I am. Uh, and, and I love that because I think, I think it's really, really easy as people of faith to fall into that trap to, to ride the coattails of our mentors, of our pastors, of the people of faith that we look up to uh, and say, oh, I'm faithful because I listen to these people and they're faithful. Yet we do not live into the experience of our life. We don't lean into that. And, and I think something, at least as Methodists, that we, we really, really lean into our experience and reason along with uh, scripture and that uh, tradition, that other thing <laughs> that, that leads out the quadrilateral, right? And, and so, but we, I, I, and I love this confession of Job for that reason. He says, oh God, I was wrong. Um, I did these things. <laughs> I, I believe these terms are rumors and that was my faith. And now I have something real. I have real faith here. And I think as people, as Christians, um, we, we run that risk quite a bit. Of, of simply just being on the crumbs of rumors, uh, believing just those things we're told rather than digging in and experiencing and fleshing out what it is we actually believe uh, and using the fullness of it, scripture, tradition, reason, and experience. Uh, and I think that's what we see. I, I really think that's what Job teaches us here. So uh, I have the, I, you know, I have the... Um, message study bible and it has some notes on eugene from eugene peterson i was gonna say did we shout out to eugene peterson and the um fullness and of his life salute um the one of the comments that he has on this section and i love that this is this is this will preach job got no answers to his questions he got no explanation for his sufferings he disregarded the vaunted wisdom of his friends. Though Job didn't get what he wanted, he got what he needed. He got God. Job began to live in a personal response to the, to the God who reveals, not secondhand religion, but rather firsthand experience. Mm. I love that more than anything we've said today. <laughs> That's great. Um, it's great. So as we've been journeying through Joe, and this is something, you know, I've been preaching on this and so I'm having a lot of fun with this, you know, and the first week I've kind of had these like little things I want people to, rem to remember when they're going through their trials and their sufferings. You know, the first week we talked about, um, the worst thing is not the last thing. The, the second week we talked about, um, our God is so big, so strong and so mighty. There's nothing our God cannot do. And then last week was um, God is God and we are not. And this week, well, you're going to have to wait and listen to my church's sermon podcast <laughs> to find out what I'm going to say because I don't want to spoil it because I actually do have church members that actually listen beforehand. But um, that experience of God, I think sometimes we forget. And that experience is sometimes we want to manifest it in a certain way and a certain feeling that in reality, we can't do that. And what we have to do is let go and allow God to be in control to renew, restore, reshape us and, and rebuild us. Because a lot of times we do need that. And Job becomes rebuilt. He becomes, a, a, he, Job really does. I, I really do believe that by the end of this, this story, Job has a deeper understanding of how God works in this world. And, mm -hmm. and it is about that personal connection, that, that, that true conversation, you know, the, the lamenting was healthy. Uh, because right. He was processing. He was, right. 
he was going to therapy without necessarily having to go to a, a therapist because he had God right, <laughs> right there. Right. Um, but acknowledging where God is in the midst of the storm, mm -hmm. it, it, you become an unstoppable force. And, and if you look back at history, if you look at how people's experience of faith happens, it happens when they let go of themselves and they allow God to be the pilot, not the co-pilot, the pilot. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that that's vital. And I think you know that's going to be the kind of the big thing I'm going to remind my church is that no matter what we're going through, whether it's us individually or us as a church, that, that if we give it to God, God and we let go and, and, and we stop trying to manipulate the situation and allow God to be in control. Nothing can, nothing can be undone if God is in control. And, and I love this right. line in verse two, and this is the common English now. I know you can do anything. No plan of yours can be opposed successfully. Right. I love that line. And, and I, I hope and pray that if you're going through something to know that, that God does love and care for you. Mm -hmm. um, it may not feel like it. And it may not be the feeling that you hope for. It may not be the feeling that you need, but, or, and, and, but God is there waiting for you to acknowledge God. And, and, yeah. and if you notice, we talked about that last week when Job finally has that acknowledgement from God, it left Job speechless. Right. So, so something, you know, you, you, you talk about the letting go, right. And, and we have that really, how do I want to say this? Um, vague expression, let go and let God. Um, I, I struggle with that because, because the way in which we, we typically say that, oh, if I just let go and let God do it, it'd be fine. It'd be beautiful. Yeah, good and great. But the thing that you brought out, Matt, was, was when we let go of things, we have this relationship with God that we have built and we get out of the way and, and, and allow God, not allow God, that's bad fixes. God can do whatever. Um, but we get out of the way and, and quit trying to manipulate things, right? Quit trying to make things go our way. It, it's, it's letting go and being in this relationship with God and acknowledging the presence of God and acknowledging that, hey, we get in the way. Um, and, and there's still work for us to do, but we need to move, right? It's not just this, hey, let go of it and gotta make it and take it, care of it and then everything would be great. No, things still may suck. Things are still gonna be hard, but it's that relationship knowing that God does provide, God does have the answers. And when we get out of the way, like you said in that verse, there's nothing, there's nothing that God can't do. And, and so it's, a, it's allowing that. Um, it, it's, only, it's not only doing one part of it. It's not only letting go, right? It's living into uh, who and what God's calling us to be in those moments. And um, Well, I was yeah. thinking of it like this, is that like, you know, think about on uh, Tuesday night, how many people prayed to win the lottery? Yeah, for sure. For sure. And, and, and how many people won, didn't win the lottery and had to go to work on Wednesday? Yeah. <laughs> well, one particular man obviously may not have to go back to work, but he may work. I mean, I don't know the story. I haven't really paid attention to that. I just know yeah. that like um, we can choose to be an active participant or yeah. we can choose to sit back and think, man, you know, like, I would love to have that money. I mean, I would just love to have the payout alone would have been phenomenal. Like I could have solved a lot of pr my problems with the payout alone. 1%. Just give me 1%, right? But obviously, um, uh, and this kind of tells true of discipleship, you have to at least play to, to attempt. Uh, I didn't, right. obviously didn't. And so I, you know, I could dream about that money I want to, but unless I actually actively participate. Right. And I think and the it, same, thing, same thing can be said about our, our faith. Yeah. 
we have to actively participate. That works of piety and mm -hmm. um, that works of mercy are so important. A balance of the two right. um, are so important to our life that, that we do need to have the corporate and, and the individual. And, and, and what sucks is our society is pulling us away from that and saying, mm -hmm. you know, you only need to do it on your own, pull yourself up by your bootstraps mm -hmm. I mean, and we can look at all the things that God, that the society is pointing us away towards God. But if we mm -hmm. let go and, and, and acknowledge God's presence in the midst mm -hmm. of our storms, whatever those may be, and, and then act upon knowing, you know, like through study and through conversation, like knowing what justice looks like and how mm -hmm. we can do better as a people of God. Um, you know, I was today, I was teaching in, in the children's chapel and I taught about the golden rule. Mm -hmm. And like, after we finished this conversation, the kids were like, they had a great time. We had a great time. Like I watched it. One of the little boys just walk up and just hit his friend in the face. And I'm like, <laughs> oh man, like, no. like, like, like we still got some work to do. And, and that's right. just it. Like we're never finished. And, and, right. And, and so that where am I going with this is like one of the things that we can learn from Job is that we're never finished. Right. Um, and that in, in the end, it really is about being in God's presence and, and staring at God and, and hearing those great words, but we can't get there until we've completed our journey. Right. And, and, and I think that's what Job is getting that there uh, at the end of, you know, verses five and five and six of, I, I was I was playing with somebody else's cards, somebody else's money, right? Uh, I was playing with somebody else's understanding of you, but now I own that. I own my relationship. I own my faith, and I'm no longer living into these these rumors, these crumbs of just little nuggets of what I know of God, which I think we do a lot, right? We 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 maybe it's cherry picking, maybe it's not fully living into our relationships uh, with God, but. It's that, oh, I know this, this, and this, right? I know God loves me. I know this piece of scripture. I feel like those are the crumbs that, that Job is talking about. But when we pull it together with all of this experience, with all of this reason, with all of the acts of mercy and piety, and all that we know about ourselves and about God, I think that's when we begin to live into that full presence of God, right? That, that we see God in the crappy things in life, not that God's causing them, but that God is there. God is there within tragedy. Uh, God is there in the good times. God is there in all of the in-between. Um, but it's when we own that, when we own that relationship, when we own that we're in the midst of the presence of God, that we begin to see the full reality of what, what this is and are able to be uh, faithful like Job. I mean, I, I give him crap for whining for 34 chapters, but oh my gosh, do we not do the same thing all the time? Um, and you're right. We need to verbally process a lot of the crap that happens in our life. And Job gives us that example to be faithful within that. And then to come back and be like, Oh, I hear you. Oh, I see you. I was wrong. Forgive me. Let's move forward. Well, and I think that that's where the discipline of, um, surrendering helps. Yeah. Um, uh, surrendering, you know, ourselves and surrendering ourselves to God and surrendering mm -hmm. those things. Cause sometimes we forget to surrender it. We yeah. can say we, you know, we're moving on or we're moving forward, but if we haven't surrendered it to God, it won't ever be fully let go of. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as, as you were talking, you know, the thing that kept coming to mind is that word of surrender and what we need mm -hmm. to do to surrender our lives, you know, and I think that that's a good, you know, like, I, you know, I, I'm really big on spreadsheets and lists and things and, you know, like, what do you, you know, what do you need to, to work out? What do you need to process? You know, mm -hmm. what do you need to do to surrender your life to God? 
to where then people can see um, they can see you being like Job that in the midst of your storm, you know, like I know Zach in your ministry, you've probably sat with people that have been through a lot of crap, but then, and then they look at you and smile and say, you know, if I didn't have my faith, I wouldn't be able to get through this. Like, and I want that. Like, and, and, and the only way that we can get that is we have to surrender ourselves to God. Right. And so this week, I want to encourage you to, to think about that, what that may mean, look like in your life, what that may, what challenges they may bring out. And, um, you know, if that's why I would encourage you to dive deeper into the word, because I think mm-hmm. discover there is that time and time again, everybody in, in, in scripture has dealt with something like that. And, and it's when they surrendered to the idea that God was calling them to, it's amazing to see what happens. And so think about how that surrendering may play out in your life. I think that'd be a good way. Yeah. To think of. Um, I think so too. Go to our website, uh, beardedtheologians.com. We've got some uh, great books uh, up there. Um, you're going to have some special guests, hopefully, in the month of November for some different hosts uh, and stuff. And so uh, pay attention to that. Um, you know, we appreciate you. And, you know, this is the last week of uh, Pastor Appreciation Month, um, uh, you know. And so don't forget. Please appreciate your, pastor. your pastors. Because <laughs> uh, they're, 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 you know, if you look at all the sad statistics about pastoral health, it, it I stopped reading them because they were kind of depressing me a little bit. They were depressing. Um, but if, if a congregation loves and cares on their pastor, they can love and care on you that much more. And so yeah. um, that love is reciprocal. And it so, is. Um, for, for what it's worth, uh, those of you who may know us or, or are good friends with your pastor, maybe, maybe you're not, know that being a pastor and a pastor's family is one of the most lonely places to be. It's tough. So please, please love your pastors, the one you have, the ones you've had, uh, and the ones you're going to have. And so for our, I guess, you know, our pastor, not pastor, uh, appreciation month, uh, we, I think we need to recognize Eugene Peterson. Yeah. Uh, he has made a huge impact on both of our lives in some way, shape or form. And, uh, mm-hmm. he, uh, he graduated to heaven this week. And, yeah. um, so Eugene, we salute you as our pastor, not pastor for the month. And yeah. uh, thank you for all the contributions to, uh, Christendom that you've done. And yeah. so, uh, well done. Well done, faithful servant. Um, so for the Bearded Theologians, I'm Matt Franks. I'm Zach Bechtold. Thanks for checking us out. We hope you've enjoyed the conversations that we've had today on the Bearded Theologians Beardcast, and we'd encourage you to continue those conversations online at beardedtheologians.com or on our Facebook page. We also hope that you pick up a couple of coffee mugs to uh, satisfy your coffee mug collection. Have a good day.